Then we have a friend of Raquel's really kind of drops receipts in a way and makes everyone really kind of question, is she being truthful? Did she lie under oath on her petition? You know, that that's a sworn statement that she's making. Did she lie about it? Did Sheena actually punch Raquel that night? He's actually using stills from that video that are going to compare what Raquel looked like on the plane on the way to Watch What Happens Live to the photos that she used to corroborate a black eye. I mean, he came in with it and just basically said, I cannot believe that you are lying about this because you had that black eye before you even went. This is not just another Housewife podcast. Celebrity gossip. Consuming my brain. You cannot tell me that for the last two years, all of these dates have not been blocked off with NFL stadiums. It is all happening. I'm Brett, and this is the Oops I Gossip Again podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am tired. <laughs> I am mentally exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. My brain is fried. And in fact, last night when I sat down to watch the newest episode of Vanderpump Rules, which we will discuss on this episode, I I cleaned my kitchen, I lit a candle, and I sat down and I shut off social media. I do not think I could have handled one more story, one more tweet, one more TikTok, one more comment, one more breaking news of all of this that is now coined as Scandival. It just felt like every single time we thought maybe this is it, another shoe dropped. Like how there was actually a tweet from Dumois that I reshared on Instagram that was just like, how does it get worse? I recorded an emergency episode, let's say, on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. My days have now run into each other. I barely even know what day it is today. I'm fairly certain the episode was on Tuesday. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, maybe go back, listen to that one before this one. But that one I really broke down the basics, the timeline, the things that we were knowing. I published that, I'd say, maybe around noon. And by 12.15, there were three more updates like that changed the story from the time that I published it. And that's like the mantra (laughs) and the way this entire week has gone. Every single time we thought, okay, this is it, something else came. I was actually laughing to myself a little bit ago when I was scrolling some of the comments on my TikTok and thinking what I would not give, (laughs) what I would not give for someone just to come all angry, caps lock, screaming at me in the comments about how I don't stick up for Melissa Gorga. (laughs) And that was usually like the day after New Jersey episodes is usually the time that I felt the most terrified to post anything on social media because 
the stands for Melissa and Joe come in hard. Like they, the, some of the hills that they will die on, I just cannot understand. But I would give that, I am begging for that right now over having to do one more post with another update or one more post that I have to respond to a comment that is just the biggest bullshit. Like today, for example. I had to do one today because someone had commented and said, last night on Watch What Happens Live, LVP confirmed that Sheena punched Raquel. And we're going to talk about the updates and what's going on. I couldn't not touch it because even though I'm so exhausted, that's where words start getting twisted. What she actually said was, I think she probably did. I think she probably slapped her around the chops. And LVP was on a roll on Watch What Happens Live. I will say that. I miss that woman on our televisions in a more one-on-one capacity than I realized because she was on one la- in, on Watch What Happens Live. It's the twisting of words. Like, how do you take someone to say, yeah, I think she probably did, in the manner that she was saying, like, these two have been friends for so long that I wouldn't be surprised if she had that reaction toward Raquel to find out about it. But she didn't say that. She didn't confirm anything. She didn't say, yep, I talked to Sheena and everything. Like that would be detrimental to the legal aspect of what's happening here. It's just that constant, like, oh, I heard this and I heard this and this person did a video on this. And like, that's great. I'm one of those people that I'm not going to take one viral TikTok and make an opinion or reshare it or anything of that nature if there's something that feels off. Because it's when things get misconstrued that things start floating around is when it gets dangerous. So yeah, I'm tired. (laughs) It was like a welcome to me today to have to go to a meeting outside of my house and focus on something other than this just for a couple of hours. And quite frankly, I'm happy to just be here behind the microphone talking to you about it because I can kind of let it all out and then hopefully be done for a while. Hopefully just be to the point where now we can pick apart all of these Vanderpump Rules episodes, which I will tell you, I'm going to go back and watch from episode one, all of them all over again. Because when I watched last night, the tells are telling, the tells are telling, but hopefully we can just kind of sit back now, let this all play out, wait for the reunion, which is supposed to be, uh, I believe Andy said in two weeks, I think is when they're planning to record it. And there are some things that we're going to get into here on the podcast, talk about how that might look. I'm not making any promises to you. I'm not telling you how it is, but things that I believe in the way that it might look. First, let's do some updates though. Since I recorded the podcast, we found out on Tuesday, Raquel went to an LA court and filed a petition for a temporary restraining order against Sheena. Now, this is in response to the way that things were handled, allegedly, the night that Sheena, the night that everything went down, the night that Ariana found out, the night that, you know, Raquel admitted it the night that Sheena and Raquel did watch what happens live. All of this went down that night. On Tuesday, she goes and files for a temporary restraining order, which immediately looked like it was automatically granted temporarily. And then there will be a hearing on March 29th that will 
continue, whether it's, you know, canceled or continue. At this point, it's just, it's, it's generally a standard practice where if there's enough evidence that this, this is key, if there's enough evidence to support the idea that someone may feel that they are being threatened, that a temporary one will be put in place so that something does not happen in the meantime from when said individuals are said restraining orders filed to when people can actually get in court. Because this isn't, you know, court is not like you just sign something and the next day you're in court. It takes some time. Sometimes judges will grant them immediately and in a temporary space. And other times, unfortunately for victims, it becomes a scary waiting period because if there's not enough in that moment that they can't deem that it's required to protect them right then and there, and not that restraining orders are always good to doing their job in the first place, but it can be very like a scary situation for victims if they feel that they are in immediate danger in any capacity. So I managed to find the court filing in that court system and I was kind of waiting for all of the documents to come in because I really wanted to read what was on that petition. Like I didn't care about all the other filings and whatever. It was the petition that I really wanted to see. I wanted to know what it was that she was asking for protection of. And I wanted to know what the story was that she was using as evidence to support her petition for the order. Finally, yesterday, late afternoon, the documents had been uploaded. I've seen them all over social media now. I personally was not comfortable, I guess, to share screenshots of what I was reading. I wanted to read it. I wanted to see for myself what was written and what she was requesting. I didn't need it to come from third parties that are sharing it all over social media. And I also didn't see any need to reshare that all over the internet. If people want to find it, there are plenty of Bravo pages that are going to do so. I'm sure that TMZ has had them up as well. They're easy to find, but I paid the $10 and I read it. And I wasn't shocked to know that she had gone to an urgent care because they really would have needed, you know, some medical su support to go along with the petition. I don't think that she went for the medical care because she was in that much pain, in my opinion, like the, like, you know, the complaint says. I do, however, think that she did it for the fact of if she needed it legally, at least there would be documentation that she had gone. Because this had all happened allegedly, according to the petition, around 1.30 in the morning, Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. That's when all of this went down. And remember, they were in New York City and Ariana and the rest of the crew were in LA. The petition is, you know, her verified statements, like that's a statement under oath. And this is where things get a little touchy. That's a statement under oath that she had been pushed against a brick wall and punched in the face by Sheena. Then she showed the medical records as attachments. She had photos of what looks like a black eye in the photos. And she also used a screenshot of Sheena's post that said, I've always got your back. And Sheena happened to use a little like fist emoji. The petition was also requesting not that there's no communication, but rather Sheena is ordered to stay 100 feet away from her and she is not allowed to attack, 
threaten, harass, strike, physically assault, anything. But it has nothing to do about communication. And this, I think, is important because there was a lot of talk when the allegations of the restraining order came out that this is Raquel trying to get out of having to go to the reunion. Now, if the petition and the order had granted, because that reunion is going to play into the time of when the restraining order, the temporary one went out as to when that they are going to court. It's going to be within that time frame. Now, had there been an order on no contact, that would have given her an easy out of the reunion because then she would not be able to have any communication. There's no communication via telephone, Zoom, text message, nothing. There's no way that that could happen, but it's not in there that way. It's only in the 100 feet and she is not to attack verbally, physically, et cetera. So shortly after all of these things come out, including the photos, then we have a friend of Raquel's who really kind of drops receipts in a way and makes everyone really kind of question, is she being truthful? Did she lie under oath on her petition? You know, that that's a sworn statement that she's making. Did she lie about it? Did Sheena actually punch Raquel that night? And a few days ago, there was a video that Sheena had put out that was like a trailer of a vlog that she had for their night in, in New York. <laughs> and it was interesting because it starts out, the first thing is disclaimer, this was taken before the news broke. So it was like, you know, Raquel and Sheena having fun together, laughing on the plane, doing all these things. So here comes Raquel's friend, and he's actually using stills from that video that are going to compare what Raquel looked like on the plane on the way to Watch What Happens Live to the photos that she used to corroborate a black eye. I mean, he came in with it and just basically said, I cannot believe that you are lying about this because you had that black eye before you even went. And then today I saw a post from page six on TikTok and it's like, the first time that Raquel has been seen out since all this happened and that you can visibly see the black eye. Now, when I look at this girl, it looks as though, I'm going to say this first, I am not victim shaming in this, okay? These are just hypothetical opinions because there's a lot of things that I find hard to believe, which I will explain in a little bit, but I'm not victim blaming. There just seems to be a lot of things that we need to question here. So page six has this video that says, you can visibly see the black eye. And she's turned directly at the paparazzi. And not only do you see a black eye, but it's on both sides. I have had black dark circles under my eyes since this started last Friday. That's how tired I've been. There's not enough concealer right now to cover that up. So if she's directly in the middle of all this as she is, I would imagine that there would be some dark circles. It does not look like a black eye to me. And it does not look good for her when her friend shows side-by-side photos of what she looked like prior to going to New York, prior to Watch What Happens Live, prior to the alleged fight 
to the photos that she's using in her petition to a restraining order. It's just enough to make you question, you know, to really make you go, hmm, is it, is that really what happened? And here's my perspective. From day one, day one, when I heard about the possibility that Sheena may have punched Raquel, my first thought, I'm five foot one, and I believe that Sheena is around the same size as me. If I am going to punch someone in the face to give them a black eye at five foot one, and it's someone that is maybe with heels on six foot, my arm reach needs to be pretty damn accurate to get them in the eye. Like, sure, it's possible, but that would mean that my hand, and I'm, I'm sitting here like trying to practice it, <laughs> that would mean my hand, instead of pulling back if you were to punch someone, my hand would actually have to be, like I was doing a chin up. It would have to be pulled down like that and shot up like straight in the air. Question number two, have you ever seen Sheena's nails? I have nails and they are a quarter of the length that Sheena generally wears her nails. And if they had just done all of this press tour, we know that she did not go and do all of this without her nails done, right? And if I make a fist right now, it is not tight. Like it is not a tight connected fist by any means because of my nails. There's no, I would love a visual representation <laughs> on Instagram of Sheena Shea making a fist. Right now, that would probably be considered a harassment. I want a visual representation of that because I know that those nails do not allow for her to make a fist. Logistically, the physical aspects of it just didn't make sense to me. The only thing that could have possibly made sense to me was a slap or a backhand of some sort. I mean, we all remember the infamous Stassi to Kristen slap, right? That was the only thing that could have made sense to me. However, in her petition, Raquel writes, punched in the face, causing injury to my left eye. So she's the one that uses the word punch. And it just, none of the physical logistics to me make any sense. All week, we have been hearing from Sheena and Lala about how they're going to do these podcasts and things had to be re-recorded and redone. That's basically because Bravo's like, listen, you guys aren't talking about this. You guys, we're filming. We are, we've got cameras in there. We're filming it all. It's going on and it's going to go into the season. So I feel like they've kind of said, uh-uh, you're quiet. You're not doing anything. Thankfully, we have Kristen Doty who is no longer a member of the cast, who no longer has any allegiance to Bravo whatsoever. And she went to her podcast to tell us what really went down that night in question. She was actually with Ariana at Tom's show when all of this went down. And so, of course, we're only getting, I assume, what is Sheena's side of what happened over on the East Coast at the same time. But at least we're getting something that seems a little bit more clear and actually pulls all of the pieces together where I don't think that we can any longer say, well, we heard this and this is a rumor and this. Like her podcast, you have to go listen to it. It's the most recent episode. It came out on Thursday, maybe Wednesday. I can't recall. You have to go listen to her, her episode because the entire thing was very good. Just very, very good. And Stassi did a podcast on it as well from her perspective. And I think getting their input on it, even though they're no longer part of the cast, was just really helpful because you can kind of see it from different areas. 
So Kristen says Tom's phone had fallen. Ariana had picked up the phone and all of a sudden after the show, she's gone. Like they can't find her anywhere in the crowd. She's kind of worried about it. She gathers all of her things and she finds her outside, I believe. And this is when Ariana tells her, I had Tom's phone and I just had this gut feeling that something was going on and I went through his phone. And she did find a recorded FaceTime FaceTime with Raquel and Tom of both of them masturbating together. So the story of there being a recording of that is allegedly true. Now, who recorded it or who may have shared it to whose phone, I don't know. Obviously, if it was a FaceTime, it would likely have been Tom that would have recorded it. And whether or not he did it without her permission, who knows? I feel like Tom could be the one that would say, oh, well, I'm going to save it for later so I can watch it when I'm thinking about you. And her bambi-eyed bitch little face would probably be like, okay, yes, please do that. But the story of the recording is allegedly true. Ariana then calls Raquel. And she's outside of the bar in New York on the phone with Ariana, Sheena allegedly comes out, is like, what's going on? What's happening? Raquel confides in Sheena and tells her what's going on. And allegedly, Sheena throws her Raquel's phone. And that's all we got of the story of that, I believe, from Kristen. Because again, Kristen wasn't there. Like, I don't think that they can really talk too much about it, but there was no indication of any physical altercation other than Sheena took the phone from Raquel, started screaming at her and threw it. Now, did she maybe give her a shove and throw the phone at her? Possibly. But the physical logistics of punching her in the face just don't make any sense to me. I personally don't believe that it happened. I think just like Raquel's statement that she's trying to create a narrative where she was the victim in some sort of situation where right now it's it's just not possible. <laughs> I don't think it's possible for any of us to think for any minute that she is a victim in any sort of way because she chose this. She did this for s- several months and lied to everyone about it. I think she realized she got caught and things are getting very messy and she's now trying to create her own narrative around it rather than letting someone else tell the story for her. Quite frankly, had she just, had both of them just come out and said, hey, we fucked up. We really fucked up. And this is what's going on. And we're sorry. And we're going to do whatever we can to move through this as quietly as possible. I think the whole, not that, no, we'd still be extremely pissed off at both of them, but it's everything that's happening in the aftermath that is like, how, how, how does it get any worse? How can you act any worse? How can you continue to create these narratives and just not take some responsibility for it. You know, both of their statements were complete shit. Or Tom came out first with one that had nothing, not a single apology to Ariana at all. It only talked about Schwartz and it only talked about his business. Then he came back a few days later with his tail between his legs. I doubt it. 
with another one, you know, apologizing to her. She comes out with one starting that says, I'm not the victim, but then goes into this whole spiel of how she has a problem being alone and she has codependency. She just needs to heal. Like, how do you start the statement with saying, I'm not a victim, but then fill the rest of the page, which she went to Entertainment Weekly with this, continue to just spew all of the reasons why you are a victim and why you shouldn't be looked at in these ways and making excuses for your behavior and your actions. Kristen also talked a lot about how things are going in real time. I'm not going to get into any of that because I just really go and listen to her podcast episode because it was very good. But she did mention stuff about, you know, Tom's ego and things that they've been dealing with in the aftermath. And maybe it's because I've never really experienced a male that's ego is that intense as Tom Sandoval's. But it really just shocks me that you can't just say, hey, I fucked up. And I'm going to do better and I'm going to do whatever I can to make this transition easier for you. Or I'm like, just admit, take some responsibility for a hot minute. It's just so ego, ego driven. All of these things that are happening in the aftermath are just making it so much worse. And there's been so much speculation. Tom Schwartz was a bait and switch. I think I talked about that even on the podcast. I'm starting to believe the stories Schwartz only found out about a month ago. And I've said a lot about Tom Schwartz in this season already alone in the way that he's manipulating Katie and the way that he's always manipulated everyone. Maybe it's me trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he would have had it in him to take this major lie from July-ish of 2022 to now, and it never coming out in any capacity on his end. He has so many tells, and the biggest one with Schwartz is when he gets uncomfortable or he doesn't know what to say, he covers his mouth, and he has this like same stance where he kind of crosses his arms in front of him, but the one hand is always up near his mouth. And it, it's every time he's asked questions that are uncomfortable. When they did watch What Happens Live together, I said it then that something, it just felt, felt really weird that Schwartz was acting the way he was and he was always like turning to Sandoval for answers and Sandoval wasn't really saying anything. And I thought, maybe it was in a TikTok or maybe it was even on the podcast, I said that I thought it was because Sandoval's ego was bruised a little bit that he wasn't getting enough time, that the storyline so far was Tom and Katie, or the storyline so far was Schwartz and Lala or Lala and Randall. And I said that maybe it's because his ego was bruised a bit. Nope, nope. I knew there was something off, but it clearly wasn't that. I really do believe that there wasn't very long that Schwartz knew. I don't think that it was this huge bait and switch. I think that they probably did make out (laughs) and, you know, Schwartz will make out with just about anybody and he always has. So he probably thought nothing of it, uh, knew that they weren't going to get together. But if Ariana was starting to have these feelings of something going on, it makes me wonder, like were rumors starting to circulate amongst the group? Were there things that were now starting to come out and she was hearing bits and pieces that something was going on. I really just don't think that Tom Schwartz could last that long with such 
a big lie and try to cover that up for so long. I just, quite frankly, I don't think he has it in him. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in him to hold a lie for that amount of time. And then the other thing that people have been talking about is what did like production know? Was this all orchestrated by production? And I haven't believed that since the very beginning, but I think what kind of solidifies that, so many people are trying to come out and talk about it right now. Like, you know, you have Stassi and Kristen that are coming out with the podcast on it, and I'm sure people could turn around and say, oh, well, they could have had those recorded prior to. It all feels too raw. The reactions are very raw. I don't think anybody in the cast, other than Schwartz, knew for any amount of time. I think everybody was just as shocked as we all have been. I also think that if there were rumors going around, because people are asking like, how did production get back in to get filming so quickly? If there were rumors going around, I have to wonder if production, you know, they've spent time with them. They, they've been doing press. They've been going on, you know, tours and they've been filming things for promos. I feel like production started to get wind of it. They just have their same crew that are always around them and and they get to know them like family. So this is a show that's been around. They may have had the same production crew for a multitude of seasons. So if something is starting to go around, there is definitely a possibility that someone in production got wind of it. But they're not supposed to meddle. So they... They can't go and force a storyline. Like they can go and, you know, kind of meddle in it while filming. But being outside of it, they can't go in and meddle in a in a real life situation that hasn't been filmed. So they may have caught wind of something about to go down, which is why they were prepared. But I, I don't for one second believe that this rumor and this story of, they broke up months ago and now they're just doing this just for filming. Like if that were the case, it wouldn't be so raw. It wouldn't be so shocking and you wouldn't have the reactions from everyone. They're not good fucking actors. <laughs> okay. They're not good at acting. That's why they all worked at Sir. That's why nobody ever got a movie role for all the auditions they went on. They're not good actors. This is too real and too in the moment and too raw to follow that narrative, in my opinion. And those reactions as well kind of give you the reminder that they are all this very chaotic, fucked up group of friends. They really are. And though they may not spend as much time together now as they used to, they're all still there for one another. And as viewers, I think we can all kind of feel that in some way as well. If you're like me and you have watched this train wreck <laughs> since episode one, I mean, we're I'm the same age as all these people. So I feel like I've literally gone through my entire adult life in the same way that they have. Well, not not nearly the same way, but we've we've gone through the timelines together. This one feels like it's the biggest that's ever happened on that show. And there's been a lot. Like we thought that the biggest scandal that we would ever see on this show was when Jax and Kristen slept together and lied about it and then finally admitted the truth. We thought Miami Girl was going to be the one that really put the nail in the coffin for Tom Sandoval, and that wasn't, which let's look back now. Justice for Miami Girl. Justice for Miami Girl. We know that shit's true. We also thought that Jax sleeping with Faith on Britney was going to be 
the biggest one, the final straw, the one that was like, okay, this is it. Everyone's going to get their shit together now. Nope. (laughs) Nope, that wasn't it either. In fact, it's going to be the relationship that has been on our televisions for the longest. It's the 10-year relationship. This is not just another relationship on Vanderpump Rules. These two people have lived their entire relationship on this show. They have a house together. They have businesses together, Well, which also fuck Tom Sandoval for getting involved and being such the piece of shit that he is that he had to be involved in her in her book. Like I watched a clip of that back where he was sitting there saying, people are like, why aren't you making a, bo- a bartending book? And I don't know. I should be the one. And he's just being, com- oh, gross. Okay, let's get off of that. This is why it's so hard to watch this happen. Why I feel like this is, nothing is going to ever compare on this show as to this cheating scandal. It's so much more. I was honestly disgusted watching this week's episode because unfortunately it was just horrible timing that they go on this trip to Vegas and they get there, Ariana's dog is passing away. Like we have we have been, uh, had a front row seat to watching Ariana's entire world come down in real time. And now the episode that we need to see is reliving the, the fact that her dog is dying. I was absolutely, my heart was shattered for her, first of all. But they're going to the vet together. And he's like, this is my girl. I'm going to do anything for you. Don't worry. I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. Bullshit. Because if it's the timeline, you were already hooking up and this affair had already started. And to think that we now have to watch all of these episodes moving forward, where I feel if, if history repeats itself, I feel that there's going to be a lot of Ariana shaming There's going to be a lot of gaslighting. It's going to be a lot of, well, you need to do more of this in our relationship. He, that's the storyline that Tom Sandoval is going to use because he's used it forever. And when people come into my comment section and that's the story that they want, that like, that's the hill that they want to die on in a comment section, you can go elsewhere. You can go elsewhere and I'll just block you. That's fine. Because we now get to watch him do that to her in every single episode, knowing full well what is going on. And the tells for telling in this week's episode. That's why I want to go back and watch all the other ones. There was the moment when Ariana is talking to the girls and telling them that she has to leave. Raquel is nowhere to be found. She gave her like a weird glance and she, you know, here Ariana's crying and being consoled by the other women and Raquel's nowhere to be found. So she, it's already like, okay, something isn't, something's fishy here. I also don't think it was deep enough that there was like a relationship at that point because the way she goes after Oliver, however, he, no matter what, she wants to claim that he's single. She wants to say that she believed that he was single. That man was not single. I remember going through every single one of the Instagram stories by his wife during this time. It was disgusting. There's a moment on the episode where he says, I'm not a fuck boy. Sir, we know that you had like 20 different women. We've seen the screenshots. We've seen the DMs. We've seen the screenshots. We know it all. My heart for her too last night was breaking because that has to be difficult. Not only to know, like she's reliving that. They're getting divorced now, obviously. But she had to also relive that. So right now in the depths of this, we are all 
you know, hating on Raquel, hating on Tom, watching Raquel throw herself at a married man. And unfortunately, his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife has to deal with that as well. And I don't want it to ever seem like I'm only putting blame on Raquel. It feels that way. Maybe it's because she's the only one that I've really talked about in a lot of this. But I expect this from Tom Sandoval. I, I thought maybe he would have grown up by now and not done this, but I expect it from him. I'm not shocked. I, I'm shocked in the way that Raquel is was behaving then, could do this to someone that is her close friend, could lie about it for so long, could dance right next to her at all these concerts, have all this fun, you know, go to these parties with her, be like the wingman in all of this. And that's what you're going to do. Like, there's just no regard. Where's the girl code in that? You know, like, where's the girl code? If you are out having an affair with a married man, that's your choice. That's your prerogative. But the fucking audacity that you have to have to do it right next to the your best friend and it's her man, mm, I don't like it. I know it's like, oh, don't blame the woman. It's the man's fault too. Why are we always going after the women? Support women. Yeah, I get it and I usually do, but this scenario is much different. I expect it from Sandoval. He is a POS and he always has been. I just didn't see this coming from Raquel. Maybe this is Rachel. Maybe this is what Rachel does. I also won't be surprised if we find out that there are more. I know that Patrick Summers, he made himself known. He, you know apparently claims he had his Instagram shut down. So he went to TikTok and he only had one video and was talking how large his following is on TikTok. And I'm like, why is anybody buying this bullshit? He, of course, came out with all the text messages, just like he did back in Beverly Hills days. He said that Tom had his Instagram taken down. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Instagram. (laughs) Their support is not that fast. I promise you that Patrick Summers is lying, lying so hard. Are the accusations of other people possibly going to come to truth? Sure. I believe it. I believe it. But I don't think that Patrick Summers is going to be vindicated because you cannot tell me that in a matter of less than 24 hours, of these alleged text messages that he posted all over his Instagram that Tom Sandoval was able to get in and report his account and have it shut down. Like they just don't work that quickly. That does not mean that I don't believe that there aren't other women. That does not mean that I don't believe that Tom Sandoval has not been doing this for years. I'm sure that there are many women. I'm sure that there are multiple women. He just doesn't seem to have the regard for anyone else in any situation other than himself. And those are classic traits of extremely egocentric narcissists. And that's why I haven't talked about him. It's not that I'm trying to shame the woman. It's simply that this is not shocking for him. And I'm so tired of even thinking about him because he's just such a disgusting human. I wish there were more things that we could talk about. I mean, I know that there are. There's the episode. Let me say this about um, Pump Rules moving forward this season. I do believe that Bravo is working overtime to edit clips. And I think that they're going to do that in a way to showcase this a little bit more. 
maybe in a way that we wouldn't have noticed all of the little signs before, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're going back through a lot of film right now for each episode coming to maybe air something differently and give both of those individuals a little bit more airtime. Because remember that the storyline that we've been fed from the beginning was Raquel and Schwartz. And that storyline probably would have put Sandoval and Ariana on the back burner a little bit, which is why I said I felt like his storyline was just not going to be what he's used to and he can't handle that. So I feel like they're going to go in and try to find more clips of Tom and Ariana or maybe they're fighting or something to kind of build up to this. And maybe they're going to find little moments where Raquel and Sandoval are actually together and put more emphasis on that. Either way, I think they're just going to be doing a lot of overtime in putting these episodes moving forward together. They are filming now. They have been filming, I believe, just about every day since this happened. They do have the reunion uh, supposed to be coming up in two weeks. Andy said that it was still on track for whatever time frame. Pursuant to a current restraining order, I hope that it is actually Sheena that will accept and do Zoom because I feel like Rachel, not Raquel, Rachel needs to be put in that room with everyone as well as Tom. And by then they'll both have a couple weeks that they can do their quote healing, whatever the hell it is that they're actually doing while they're not taking responsibility. And at that point, then maybe they can come in and have and take some actual responsibility and come under fire by everyone for what they've done. Only time will tell of what comes next. I do, however, hope that we're getting a break. <laughs> I hope that this is now a quiet break. It seemed that way today. I don't feel like anything's been too heavy hitting today other than some of the podcasts that have come out. But it does feel as though maybe we're getting a little break and a little pause from the chaos for a while. Lord knows I need it right now. I wish that I had more time to chat about things other than this, but the episode has gotten a little bit long as it is. I'm tired. I could use a real long nap. And maybe that's just what I'll need to do is take a little Bravo break for the rest of the week after this episode is published. I want to thank you for listening. Again, as you always know, everything in here is my opinion, my thoughts, my beliefs. If you have different opinions, if you have different feelings on it, I am open to conversation as long as it can be respectful. You can go to my Instagram and send me a DM. You can comment on any of my socials. I would love to have you inside Patreon where we have TikTok or Instagram live replays happening in there. We will be doing Q&As. We have exclusive episode recaps, all the things that are for your ears only inside the community that is on my Patreon, and it will be linked in the show notes. Thank you for being here with me on this episode, on Tuesday's emergency episode, for rolling with the, quote, punches. See what I did there? I made a little pun. Rolling with the punches this week as we all kind of, you know, collectively do our best to keep up. And hopefully now we can all take a rest and just allow things to play out on the television screens. And I'm sending all my love to Ariana and the whole cast for keeping her happy and supported and loved. I hope that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.